Kia ora, no mai haere mai and welcome to the Our Cooperative Podcast. Uh, this podcast is charged with introducing you to some of the weirdest, wonderful and most amazing people we have across our cooperative. These people every single day go out to sell, manufacture and move the 16 billion litres of milk that you produce on farm every single year. Uh, and they are in the far-flung corners of the world and it's my job to introduce you to them. Today I am very excited uh, to introduce and uh, for us to have a korero with uh, Angela Du. Angela is our marketing director of our anchor food professionals business in China based in Shanghai. Angela, welcome. Kiera, Richard. How are Hello. you today? I'm very well, thank you. Fantastic. Now, uh, slight disclaimer to the listeners on this one, uh, I have a total bias to our food professionals business in China. Um, I had the pleasure of working with the team up there for a couple of years uh, and Angela is one of our global superstars in our food service business. So it's fantastic to have you along here today, Angela. Thank you, Richard. It's my honor too to talk to the farmers directly. So, Angela, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I live in Shanghai. Um, I'm 42 years old. I enjoy traveling and reading. Um, I'm happily married. My husband is in the real estate business. Uh, we have a lovely daughter, uh, Annie, um, who is who just turned 10 years old uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, we live about 10 minutes away from where my parents and in-laws are, um, as my husband and myself both are the only child uh, in the family. So um, we're quite happy to live around uh, our parents and in-laws so we can enjoy the care and love from them um, to our family and our daughter as well. Fantastic and talk to me so so I know this will sound uh, relatively mundane to you but I can assure you back here in New Zealand it's always really interesting to find out how everyone lives their life. Talk to me about what does a day in the life you know look like for you guys you know what do you do how do you have breakfast what do you wake up you know what does a day normally look like for you guys? Um, well, half of my time, I'm, I'm, uh, either, my, uh, either myself or my husband will probably be traveling around China. But uh, during the days where we are not traveling, um, it normally starts about 5.30, 6 a.m. on the normal day. You know, a hectic start off of the day, getting the kids ready for school. Um, the school normally starts around 8 o'clock, so we have to have breakfast ready for them. Normally we have um, uh, Chinese breakfast and sometimes uh, also um, the traditional um, breakfast you guys would have like cereals and milk where you know there's the late starts, but normally it's like buns or dumplings uh, for my daughter. Then we get the kids ready to school uh, around 7.45, about 15 minutes walk from home uh, then you know it's normally uh, where we head off to work and start the normal day meeting our teams colleagues and customers uh, that's pretty much a normal day and uh, finish around 6 p.m. Um, and more often a bit later than that um, if there's <laughs> more work to do <laughs> Oh, well, if I'm traveling or my husband is traveling, uh, then the grandparents will likely to look after the kids. They will, uh, they will send the kids to school and pick them up. Normally, they pick the kids up every day. It doesn't matter where we are in Shanghai or not. Mm. Uh, that's pretty much the day. Uh, we finish. If lucky, we have a whole family dinner together. Um, then uh, normally traditional Chinese, but sometimes just being a lazy night, we'll also order pizza, for, uh, <laughs> for example, for dinner. 
Now, Angela, I remember you telling me, and, and this is this. I was always amazed at this fact. So, um, it's it's a good intro into 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 our food service business. But t- talk to me about the frequency of your cooking at home and, and how important food service is uh, to to the in the Chinese culture and the busy daily life of Chinese now. Yeah, that's a very interesting topic, <laughs> actually. Um, myself um, probably uh, cooks like. Two three times a year. That's not because I'm lazy or I can't cook. That's the normal Chinese life. It's very fast-paced, especially in the tier one cities like Shanghai and Beijing. Mm. Normally, my parents or my grandparents they cook for the family, and um, but food delivery and order online um, it's just so convenient. Um, it, it treats us, but also you know, uh, forms the habit for us not to cook anymore at home. So food service is a vital important um, important to the daily uh, Chinese consumer's life. Mm. Uh, just give you an example. You can place an order online at Ulama and someone will deliver the food from the restaurant to your home in half an hour. Mm. Someone will go and pick up for you and deliver it to your home and you can eat while it's still hot. Mm. So that's the convenience we're talking about here. Um, but also, you know, not only food, but every single other stuff you can actually order online and get it delivered. On a day where we want to cook, we can order um, some fresh produce from uh, Hema Fresh online and deliver it to door in 30 minutes. Your vegetables, your meat, your your seafood, etc., your dairy, uh, your cheese, your milk, um, everything you can order. Um, online and have it delivered in 30 minutes. It, I mean, it is, and it is. It's hard to explain um, without kind of experiencing it, but it is just phenomenal the rise of of mobile and you know last mile delivery commerce in China. Like it is just phenomenal what's happened over the last five years, ten years in, in China. Yeah, absolutely. It actually completely changes the day-to-day life, but also in a way, it also changes our way of thinking and our way of doing business here in China as well. Mm. So our products and our applications has to fit for this new norm of life of the Chinese consumers here in China through our food service customers. Amazing. So talk to me a little bit about um, our food service business in China. What, what are its origins? Um, you know, we, we, where did we start from and, and kind of where, we, we, how do we look today and what are the future future areas of growth? Um, we, um, Fonterra came to um, China probably more than 30 years ago where it starts all from like um, our, our, our mini dish butter on the airplane to China for those expats or, you know, luxury five-star, four-star hotels where you can uh, really find our dairy products. But that changes around the late uh, 1980s, cl- uh, coming to the 1990s, where the, uh, you know, uh, the QSR customers, uh, KFC and McDonald's, all started to set up their footprints here in China. Um, that's where precisely where I had my first cheese experience. Um, <laughs> me being How old were you then? How old were you then, Angela? I don't want to... I was about uh, about 12, 12, 13 years old. Amazing. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a luxury experience for a Chinese to queue up and get the first burger experience or cheese experience, if you like. Um, then Pizza Hut and also Starbucks came to China later on. And um, that's uh, when, you know, um, you know, Dairy or cheese started to um, to get in front of a normal Chinese consumers' um, diet. 
Then uh, around late 1990s, all the bakeries started to booming up. That's where um, you know our food service business really took off, mm. and uh, we built our products and our team centered around the bakery channel, mm. and that has given us that has given us a really uh, fast speed of growth of uh, getting more dairy through the buns or cakes uh, into millions uh, or hundreds of millions of people's life. Um, then in the uh, you know five years ago uh, when you know when the when the when the milk tea business started to upgrade. Um, the, the anchor food professionals business also took that opportunity, and you all know what happened about the team Akiago that we put cream and cream cheese on top of that. That's when that took off, and uh, we really today we have a business with more than um, 60,000 metric tons of uh, milk, cream, and cream cheese into that business, all across the QSR customers and um, food service customers. And now we are onto something um, even more exciting that's getting dairy into more traditional Chinese dishes, and hopefully that's going to be another hit as well. So that's about um, Anchor Food Professionals' um, uh, journey here in China. Mm, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, it really is. Um, to, to, do you just want to give a little bit of an overview of the, the size of the business and kind of you know how fast it's grown over the last couple of years? Oh yes, yeah, sure. Um, when I um, I still remember how uh, this is an amazing business. I still remember um, I joined Frontera four years ago, where I started with the QSR business, and um, three years ago I moved to food service. And at that time we were doing about seventy-five thousand metric tons, and this year we are looking to um, achieve just about one hundred sixty-five thousand metric tons. That so just, that's quite a journey. Just, um, <laughs> it is. I mean, and we can say those numbers quickly. Um, but in, in food service, you know, while some of our ingredients are larger format, mo mo most of the ingredients are really small format. So one liter tetra packs of cream, you know, you know, four kilo bags of mozzarella, those sort of things. These are small format goods to, to sell 160,000 tons, double the business in three years. There's only one market in the world we could do that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, the cream, um, we're looking to, I think the cream business nowadays itself, it's, you know, I, I mentioned the number about 74,000 metric tons about the total business of food service three years ago. And this year, I think the cream itself, it's looking to reach to 70,000 metric tons uh, secondary sales here in China. And that's giving us a lot of stream returns and uh, eBay contribution to the overall cooperative. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic uh, fantastic product that UST Cream. So for all you farmers out there in the, in the Waikato, um, you know southern or northern central districts, you know northern Taranaki, there's a good chance your cream is ending up at our Waitoa factory making one liter UHT. And if it's making one liter UHT cream, there's a very high chance that it goes and finds its way onto cream buns and tea macchiatos in China, where a big share of it around the world. Hey, so talk to me. Um, Mate, what, you know, what, talk to me about some some cool customers that we've been working with. You know, but behind this growth, there must be some phenomenally successful customers that we've partnered with and, and we've grown their business. You got any cool examples? 
Um, yeah, I'll probably touch on um, two new customers uh, in these three years um, where we have um, really helped them to grow their business and at the same time we ourselves have achieved significant uh, value growth as well. Um, so the first one I want to touch on is about a new startup company. Uh, I call it a startup is, uh, because it's only um, just over one year old. Um, that's called Lucking Coffee. Um, Locking Coffee established the last year, about um, just about 18 months ago, and now it has more than 3,000 stores here in China. And we supply our milk, our cream, and our cream cheese and butter sheets to Locking. And um, it's uh, it's um, it's really amazing how we started the business with them and uh, supplying them the uh, UHT milk. And nowadays we sell more than 2,000 metric tons of UHT milk per month to Lucking Coffee. And but more importantly, that recently we have launched uh, Tea Macchiato with Lucking Coffee Fantastic. all across the 3,000 stores here in Fantastic. China. Fantastic. And that's given us more than 130, um, sorry, 130 metric tons of cream and cream cheese sales per month. And on top of that, in the light meals we um, supply um, through the OEMs to Lucking Coffee, um, we are sending more than 300 metric tons of butter sheets to make the croissants for the light meals at Lucking Coffee. So all together. Um, we are contributing to more than five million New Zealand dollars of EBIT uh, just through this one single customer, Lucking. That is, and I mean, it, it, I mean it, it, so I just want to say those numbers again because, I mean, it is truly outstanding. I remember um, uh, just before I left, I, I, I went and had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Guo. Is it Mr. Guo? Um, up in, yes, Eric. In, yes. Eric up in Beijing. Um, and they were then, I think they had something like, a hundred stores, and and over the course of eighteen months, they're at three thousand. I mean, it is just astounding how aggressive these Chinese entrepreneurs are. It is absolutely, and their ambition is to reach four thousand five hundred stores by the end of this year. And we are, you know, we are on the way together with them, um, holding hands by hand, and together with them on the every um, innovative um, menu items or any campaigns they have. Um, they just recently, um, last week actually, launched a, a completely new campaign to promote what they call a Xiao Lu Cha, Little Deer Tea, mm. uh, if you like. That's to promote our tea macchiato um, all across China with um, with a really 360 degree campaign um, in all the you know elevator advertisement, uh, TV, etc., everything, so that um, we just make sure that we supply them with the most high quality cream and cream cheese, and they go and market it through the tea market applications they bring to the consumers. It's really really exciting opportunity for us. We hope to grow that business um, as they grow as well. It's just fantastic. I remember their mantra was they, they had one goal, and that was to be bigger than Starbucks, uh, which is, is, is no small feat in China given the amount of Starbucks stores. Hey, you mentioned you had two customers. What about is there another customer you wanted to share? Yes, I mean coffee is probably where you know normally you would imagine dairies being used in coffee. And the second one I want to talk about is something that we do day to day, which is to having you know to promote dairy in the day-to-day -day Chinese, traditional Chinese cuisine, like a hot pot. Mm. 
Um, so um, we started working with one of the leading hop hop customers last year um, in uh, November. Um, last year, and Shapu Shapu, um, who is a hot pot customer, it has 900 stores all over China um, and still growing. Last year, we have trialed launch uh, mozzarella cheese shrimp ball together with them uh, during the New Zealand week, and it has received very encouraging feedback from the consumers. I mean, any our mozzarella cheese, mozzarella cheese normally, as we am is used on top of a pizza. But here in China, we want to reach to more um, Chinese consumers by adding the mozzarella cheese in a um, normal uh, shrimp bowl mm. in, uh, and putting them in the um, you know, simmering uh, hot soup. Um, and um, uh, the, the lovely consumer experience is that um, when you eat the shrimp ball, it actually stretches, adding a bit of fun um, into the um, cheese shrimp ball eating. Mm. And uh, this year in April, they wrote that out in all the Shapu Shapu stores. And guess what? We have actually sold more than 5,000 cartons of the 12 kilo mozzarella uh -huh. cheese just in one month of the launch. So estimated annual volume of, uh, of this just single application to this one customer is about six, 600 metric tons of um, mozzarella cheese um, just for this one customer. That's just outstanding. And, and I can assure, you know, that's one single chain of, you know, that's not even the largest hot pot chain in China, I don't think. Little Sheep is probably bigger than them. Um, um, yes, Heidi Lau is Heidi bigger Lau. than them. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, pot, it's just phenomenal. Yes, and Hot Pot has 400,000 stores here in China, so ah. we look to package that into a more compelling, winning um, new demand for the mozzarella cheese out from Clenny Boy. So um, that's just one thing we do with them. And uh, coming up is the butter soup for Hot Pot with Shabu Shabu, looking to launch that uh, in the coming months as well. So that's going to add significant volume to the butters that we make um, to make a Hot Pot soup. Fantastic. You would never have imagined using uh, butter to make a Hot Pot soup. <laughs> no, but it sounds delicious. I I, I, um, I had my fair share of Hot Pots uh, while, while I was in China. and. Um, Yes, yeah, I'm good, some not so good from a <laughs> from a kiwi perspective. <laughs> eating all sorts of parts of animals that I don't think are meant to be eaten. Hey, but but one of the interesting things about our food service business is I guess when we do these collaborations with customers, you know, your job I guess as marketing to, to director is to get as the anchor brand as front and center, you know, in store so the consumers know what they're eating. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how we do that and the, the importance then for our consumer business on the side? Um, absolutely. So where possible um, with our food service business, we always, um, I mean, we are a B2B business and uh, actually it's the ingredients marketing that we do. Um, but our customers are quite supportive as our team keeps driving for them to put, um, you know, where, where there's a poster or there's the price tag, we always put New Zealand anchor. Um, if it's butter used in the bun, we put New Zealand anchor butter um, on top of the poster. Or if it's cream or mozzarella cheese, for example, for the cheese shrimp ball, on the menu items of the restaurant, we actually put anchor logo and New Zealand anchor 
um, mozzarella cheese um, to the consumers. I mean, uh, in the way that uh, food safety is very important, but it also helps us because it brings value to our customers as well to let their customers, which are the consumers, to be assured of the high quality ingredients they used uh, for the menu item. Mm. And that also provides us an opportunity of adding anchor on top of all the menu items or the applications of the bakeries or beverage shop. Not only do we do that, but we also, for example, in the beverage shop, we also place our milk, the, the total package of uh, milk, UHT milk, our cream, and our cream cheese in the fridge display to assure the consumers of the high quality ingredients the customers are using. And all these are, you know, impacting the day-to-day -day, uh, life of a Chinese consumer. So wherever they go to buy their buns or have their tea macchiatos or have their coffee downstairs <laughs> or eating in a restaurant of a pizza or a cheese shrimp, they see Anchor, New Zealand, and and all the you know uh, our logos and that actually um, have um, you know have anchor brand um, talking to consumer in that way associating them with the beautiful dining experience um, or the yeah. drinking experience they have is is of um, it is phenomenon and it's of um, large importance to our consumer business as well is is it's the same anchor brand we are promoting here um, it's the same anchor they drink, um, anchor milk they drink in the morning for breakfast, and uh, also the same anchor milk they can have and enjoy in their tea macchiato or their coffee. Fantastic. Um, it, it is just like that. Yeah. Such a great story. And then, you know, we, brands are important in Western culture, but, you know, in the, in the Chinese culture, that brand recognition, when you're fighting for you know, against the big domestic Chinese companies with large consumer marketing budgets, you know, we, we have to be clever in the way that we market and, you know, the anchor, the anchor awareness is huge and, and the food service business has been a, a big part of that. Hey, Absolutely. I wanted to, wanted to touch on one sort of final point. Um, when we when we talk about China, we, we often think of kind of the eastern cities, so the, the tier one cities, Beijing, Shanghai, you know, Guangzhou, down, down the eastern coast, but there's a big part of China out to the out to the west, and a, a lot of these cities that you guys haven't even heard of as, as, as local Chinese that are, you know, still 10, 15 million people that are coming through. H how do you see the future of dairy consumption across the kind of unknown, more rural, developing parts of China? Um, um, we see huge opportunities in that. Um, to be honest, there's also some common myth about China that uh, Shanghai is where the Westerners would normally visit, and they think Shanghai is China, which is not true. Shanghai has 30 million people. It's a great city, mega city, and huge potential. But there are, you know, 1.4 billion people all across China, and majority <laughs> of them do not live in Shanghai. And um, even Shanghai people doesn't know, you know. About cheese, how you know? Not to mention about those people who are living in the inner land uh, of China. Um, but there is a large desire or demand for for high quality dairy in the inner land countries. Um, for example, um, for there's a this new project we are doing here in China, which is called New City Expansion, which is going down to tier three, four cities rather than staying in tier one or two. And don't take us wrong, and we're still investing, our people are are, are we're still investing resources in tier one, two cities to 
just to um, keep sh uh, to make, make sure that we um, still do the right thing for these markets. But there are huge opportunities, and we must take um, you know as a leading dairy brand uh, um, in in food service here in China, we must take the leap to go to the tier three and four cities. Um, if you do come to China and visit those tier three, four cities, especially where we had a trial uh, with those um, uh, new cities, you would see actually people are more willing to market around the high quality ingredients they use for their buns or for their, uh, for their pizza. Um, just to give you an example of the cities we entered into, Yangzhou and the, the downstream uh, towns nearby Yangzhou, we actually grew our business from a 500-town uh, business out to a 2,700-metric-town business just over this year by having the right um, sales and marketing program in the city, mm. um, promoting our dairies to those um, bakery shops, to those pizza chains in those tier three, four cities. And the, um, customers are willing to market anchor um, all around their stores, putting our milk and cream in all the fridge um, they have, just to let people know that they have upgraded from non dairy to the to the high quality New Zealand imported dairy ingredients. And that has a significant impact yeah. on our volume as well. I mean, being triple, more than tripled, and it's um, so five times, five folds. And, yeah. and, and Yangzhou is, is this one of 150, 200 cities that are just like it, that there is this opportunity in. It's just phenomenal, right? It is, it is. It is just one of those many, many other cities we haven't entered, yes. Uh, hey, Angela, I... Um, Oh goodness me! I I, I love being home, but I, I talking to you makes me really miss uh, really miss being in China. Have you have you got any final messages for our farmers back here in New Zealand? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, Chinese really view New Zealand as a really pure and natural country, and the dairy products from New Zealand has always been regarded as high quality. So quality is of number one importance to our market here in China. Just keep sending the high quality dairy uh, products um, from New Zealand, and we'll do the right thing here in China to market it properly to the wider Chinese consumers to, you know, enrich their day-to-day -day dining experience uh, through our food service customers and they just love it. Oh, fantastic. Angela, um, thank you so much. Uh, you, you really are one of our superstars around the world doing amazing things every day to, to drive more demand. Um, I can assure you if, if you have the pleasure of following Angela on uh, social media in China, she blasts her customers and her friends with Anchor every single day. Um, you're a big part of our success up there. Uh, please say hi to Annie and, and the family from me and also to all, all the colleagues in the food service business. Thanks very much for taking the time today, uh, and we'll talk very soon. Take care. Thank you, Richard. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our cooperative podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, and if there are people or areas of the business that you'd like to hear from, just let me know. Hope you're all having a great day in the hot air.